Today's episode is brought to you by The Northman, an action-filled epic from visionary director Robert Eggers with an all-star cast that includes Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and Willem Dafoe. Witness the rise of The Northman as he discovers that fate has no mercy. The Northman is only in theaters April 22nd. Visit thenorthmanfilm.com to learn more. Hey everyone, this is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it, but uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point-and-click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs, so things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally at the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com, and uh, we hope you check us out. on everybody how are you doing uh thank you thank you thank you for joining us uh, if you downloaded this program uh, on your favorite device for listening thank you for that if you happen to be in the twitch chat today twitch.tv backslash weekly games chat what is up it is very good to see everybody um some names we haven't seen in a while and some we see every week so thank you thank you thank you my name is sean this is weekly games chat it's a podcast that we um I just mentioned Twitch, so you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, we record live there, the show. So if you come here, you get to see all the things that we do. This is episode 320. Uh, and well, before I move any further, let me go ahead and introduce my homies, my friends. Uh, what do we do? How do we do this? We normally go John, so let's go John. He actually does not have a Zelda shirt on today, uh, which is, it has to be on purpose because normally that's all I ever <laughs> see him in. Uh, but he is rocking. Uh, his glasses looking well. And I got to say, I've been in that house recently, and it looks golden on camera here. Slightly different golden when you're there. It's crazy. John, how you doing? It's good to see you, buddy. I'm not happy because I don't see big balls in the chat yet. <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, is a listener that hops in on, on Twitch. and is it he's, Big Balls 383 or something like that? It's, it's something along those lines. There's see, balls. Look. They're big. And there's numbers. Yeah, I had uh, a friend. I had a friend in college who used to, uh, used to, <laughs> used to walk into my room. There we go. And grab a <laughs> piece of paper, and he would trace his balls. Yeah, it's like his his and leave it for me to find. That's and he would write my balls. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, we do we, we do have someone in chat who is saying, you know what, f work, f work. I want to watch the boys on Twitch. So that's what's up. Uh, and, and once again, I'm not going to forget the guy who was here before me and John, 
who does all the things production-wise, IT guy himself. Chris, what's up, my friend? It's good to see you. Uh, for the record, I had to change the uh, output of all the music tracks to the <laughs> new outputs for the new technology that's being used. Didn't think about that, but it's all fixed. Right. It's uh, It was funny because so we, we kind of start the stream you know, on Twitch, and we go, uh, all right, boys, we ready? It's been running for X amount of minutes. And me and John, Chris, we all go, yeah, yeah, let's do it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, we're waiting on the music to start. And Chris has got that look on his face that John and I absolutely love and live for. And that's the, oh, no, what's going on look. <laughs> I fixed it, though. You did fix it. That's what's up. So, uh, gentlemen, we might have some business to discuss. Why is that? Business? Well, anybody I mean, anybody heard from Nacho recently? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there is a, a head mod opening. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh <laughs> We we really are because I mean John and myself of course are, are natural mods, um, and we've got we got a friend of the show uh, Jay Dalton in chat. That's that's Josh. He's he's our resident. Watch what I'm about to say, boys. He's our resident WoW expert. He got the title back. Um, he's a mod, but our head mod, our Percy Weasley, if you will, of the of our chat when we're live. Uh, he's he's busy. He's too good for the show now. Um. <laughs> He has no idea. Like right now, John, if we told him he's not here, if we said, yo, uh, the thing you won and the thing that will be signed that should be signed has been two thirds of the way signed. Well, that's part of the business I had in mind. You see, yeah. he, he actually clarified on Discord after you left my house. Oh, my God. Please tell me we did wrong. We did wrong. <laughs> well, it's too late now. It, it's what we it's what we thought. I mean, he. And I don't understand. I mean, if he wants us to do this, we can do this too. But he wanted the plastic signed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not that didn't exactly happen. what we did. Chris, I'll John, bring this over to you in the next couple of days. But uh, Yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah. Do you want me to show everybody on camera? You can. Yeah. So I bring the game oh, over because right it was the first time I'd seen in an environment where I remembered to bring the game to John. And and so Nacho wins this copy of Horizon Zero Dawn, the sealed copy I had since I touted it as my game of the year, 2017. And for our what was it, Chris? Our 300th episode, we gave it away. Yeah, I like how like you're talking about this. Like, yeah, you know, just recently, and it was like 20 weeks ago when you really yeah. think about it. Well, COVID happened, Chris. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to get together and uh, see each other. Believe it or not, we're busy. And then on top of that, COVID. And on top of that, we're busy. So anyway, I bring it over to John, and we're thinking of. Where do we sign this? And I actually messaged on, I think I added him on Discord. And I was like, where do you want it signed? And somebody chimed in and was, they were hilarious. I think it was Punkhead. So John and I, we we open it up and the insert for Horizon Zero Dawn on the inside, like that you see inside the disc. Yeah. Beautiful. It's got a perfect spot for signatures. Fantastic. Tap match. Um, right there. It's got like a cloud, a tree. It looks great. Um, So we go... You know what? Let's sign there. It's it's got enough room. The uh, John's wife, Clarissa, yeah. had these, John's wife. Yeah, John's wife <laughs> had uh, like some really nice metallic paint pens, so it would pick up real good. Mm-hmm. And we were like, it's not going to work on plastic. So we wanted to check. He never responded. He's busy. He didn't respond. So the ink goes down. It's already dried. It's done. So John's following up. Uh, all right, Josh. We'll see you later, buddy. Thank you for stopping by. Commitment. Uh, you know, you could, you, you, so you could, in theory, we would just invert the sleeve 
and have it out like this. Yes. When we sent it to him, and then he can do what he wants with it. He's going to get the game. He, it's never been played. It's going to have the King Griffey Jr. 2017 game or the show, whatever it is in there. Yeah. Uh, insert. Like, it's got all that stuff in there. All we did, we opened it on air, uh, and we got it ready. And then John's got an update now that that's apparently not where he wants. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't care what he wants. I don't either. You know? He should be Commitment thankful. Commitment at all times. Right? We're like giving him crap. He wins a prize and we're telling him about commitment. That's so funny. <laughs> if he was here uh, more, I would care. Yeah. And he would, if he, if he had the chance, he would have been able to tell me directly one-on-one where, he, and I, I remembered and we, John and I both thought we remembered him saying plastic. Yeah. We both were like, I feel like he said plastic. Uh Oh, and I <laughs> so hated we, and I, and I hated that idea. I'm like, why would you, I was like, why would you sign the plastic? Something that's easily replaceable by people like Chris. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you, you could easily get a case. case. Yeah. Maybe so never we, intended to open it. Well, the thing is opened. It's opened. Remember, I opened it on air. He said, open it right now. Oh, it was okay. part of the whole celebration. So I, I literally pulled off. I don't it, know. Smelled, it smelled great. It was going to be just the plastic. So if we if we messed it up, uh, yeah, that, right at this point, that's a good point by uh, Simple Ricks, who's joining us in chat. At this point, just sign Horizon 2 when it's right. out. Exactly. Don't play it, and yeah, but I think he's going to be fine with it. We wrote a nice little note in there for him. Uh, so if anybody wants to at Nacho and Discord and give him some grief for giving us grief on where we signed his copy of the game, that is a holy grail at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for the fans and listeners of this show, right? The lore of this show, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be all right. But John, I don't know if you watched a particular movie this week. Chris and I did, and and I loved it. We're not going to do any spoilers, but we're, of course, we're talking about a brand new movie in the DC universe. John, did you catch it? Yeah, I made myself watch it. Made um, yourself? Oh, here we go. Yeah, I don't have any, I've never had any real practical use for the Suicide Squad. I, I just, I, I've never cared about their story arc. I've never cared about its concept. Mm-hmm. But James Gunn got the opportunity to, to do Guardians with an R rating. I mean, to me, that's really kind of what it is. The first, the first half is 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 really entertaining. Second half sort of drops off a little bit, and it's um, I don't know. It just sort of it sort of outlives its welcome. It could have been maybe fifteen twenty minutes shorter, you know. But yeah. overall, it was uh, you know it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel the climax. Um, <clears throat> yeah, one of those. I felt the climax of the movie. It, it it left a little something to be desired, but it was also kind of awesome at the same time. And I don't know if at that point I was kind of ready, you know, for the movie. Maybe like you said, maybe it could have wrapped up, which we never do, a little a little earlier. But I really, 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 really like this movie. And yeah. like you, I don't care about the Suicide Squad. I watched the previous one, thought it was meh. Uh, I never, I haven't seen the most recent Harley Harley Quinn movie. Well, it's so. fun. I had a. I had a couple of laugh out loud moments. Yes. Uh, one one of them <laughs> one of them was John Cena. When he first says the thing. <laughs> when he's talking no, about uh, the beach. Show off. No, he, he said he said I he said I cherish I cherish uh peace at all costs. I don't care how many women, <laughs> men, children I have to yeah. kill to do it. <laughs> Pretty much. And he says it in the way the characters don't even really almost hear him, if you will. It's kind of like I just thrown it over my shoulder comment, but it's hilarious. You're right. I die laughing there. That the was one hilarious. I call, I he call, shows up and his, he had his uh, he had his tighties on. 
<laughs> that was so he's he's the biggest man there yeah and his shirt is always too short like they go in this other thing and they get out of their costumes if you will his polo's like almost like a you know it by his belly button but the one i called chris on um there's a sharp shooting thing that just happens no spoilers and and the character that's Eldris Elba's plans basically says we don't like show offs and John Cena's comeback. Hilarious. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I seriously wasn't ready for it. I start laughing and I call, I'm calling Chris. Uh, Chris is downtown getting ready for a concert at that point. I didn't know it. So that was my bad. Chris did end up calling me back for all of you wondering, is Chris leave you on red or does he call you back? He does hundred percent time. He calls you back. Yeah. And then usually follows up. If you don't answer with a text saying, what'd you need? Uh, so yeah, that was, I I'm glad you I, guys have that kind of relationship. Well, you know, whenever I text you, I just don't get a response usually. <laughs> or I get a picture of you with a confused face. Yeah. yeah. If I would have, I, I don't, I didn't, at that point, and this is, this is 100% honesty, shooting straight and all that stuff. Yeah. I didn't think you watched the movie, John. Mm. You hadn't really talked about watching. I've been hanging out with Chris. He had been saying, watch it, watch it, watch it. He was the main one saying seven o'clock HBO Max. So it was just right then and there. I knew I could yeah, reach I was out to him. I guess uh, it's because I didn't. I didn't have anything else I was watching in the moment. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, Stallone's in this. I was do want to give it a, a uh, you know, yeah. a watch." And you Who know, was he, Stallone, King Shark, King Shark. <laughs> you hear it now, don't you? No, that's why Chris said it's his best performance. <laughs> that's why I said. I said this is the oh best God. performance by <laughs> Sylvester Stallone since Rocky. There's no question. No question in my mind on that. I honestly, I don't know how I missed that. I know in the order of appearance of the cast at the end of the show, it wasn't like main person and then all the subsequent people. It was in order of appearance. So uh, we didn't see the shark until after you saw the opening scene, which was, oh my God. Yeah, that's a great opening. It's I he's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> when he's uh, when he's like there and he's got the part where he comes up and he's got a finger where he's trying to act yeah. like he's got a fake mustache. <laughs> like he's got a fake mustache. That that's like, perfect. Dude, you're like a shark. It's it. But I mean, I saw you shake your head. I hadn't heard, and if I've just missed this, when John said it was more of a like James Gunn got his Guardians R rating. I mm-hmm. see the correlation, not quite, but I see it. I mean. To me, James Gunn did a great job in this movie directing it. I think. To me, if you look at it, like the Guardians movies are the ones that are the outliers of his work. Like going back all the way to when he did Trauma, which is really like gory, R-rated. Trauma. Trauma. Trauma is a movie studio, um, kind of like low budget indie type things, and they just do a bunch of like he would do a lot of like just crazy stuff. And of course, you know, he's the guy who wrote. Um, what was it? Dawn of the Dead with uh, Zack Snyder, and I think that's definitely closer to this. Um, and you know, just a just a few other things that he's gone through through the years. Like he he is very much closer to this than Guardians. Uh, naturally, I think. But I just liked it. I just liked it because in the end, he actually made a true Suicide Squad film, right? Where I was like, oh, they they figured out how to buy into this where it's like, yeah, they're on a mission that makes total sense why they would use these people instead of Superman. They are on a mission where they have a cast that anyone is expendable for the most part. Right. And yeah, you're, 
therefore you never feel like anyone is safe or comfortable that everyone's going to be safe. Right. Like there was maybe one character in all this that I was like, uh, eh, 75% certain she'll make it out of it. But at the same time I was like, hmm, she's been in a few, maybe she wants to bow out and this is the way she gets out. Right. Yeah. So, um, but the, what you just said, mm-hmm. and I think maybe this ties back into what John said about how he's never seen a need for him. Yeah. Uh, I kept thinking, why are these, why is this division using the suicide squad to do this when all they have to do is call Superman mm-hmm. and he could fly in and do what he needed to do. Yeah. But that's the thing. You get that reason halfway through the movie. Like it makes total sense why you would You're not right. send Superman there's, into there's it. a twist. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe the last part of the movie you would have brought Superman, in, <laughs> but yeah. not, not before then. Um, yeah. but, uh, the pre-climax, but yeah, I think this is, um, no, no, no. Pre-bus. I think this is at least tied now for, you know, post-Nolan world, right? Nolan's his own thing, and I think that's still the gold standard. Are we of, talking about Christopher Nolan? Yes. Of of all okay. the DC movies that have ever been made, I would contend, you know, Dark Knight is still the gold standard that they will always hope to achieve and probably never will again. But um, I think it's definitely ties for the best DC universe, whatever you want to call this since then uh movie with wonder woman Snyder cut fool no yeah, just Snyder cut Snyder cut's all right but it's i mean like i don't even have Snyder cut above shazam personally oh yeah shazam is a Ooh. more enjoyable film to me i just shazam. like i just like the relationship that that stallone seems to be developing with james gunn where it's like hey we have this little part can yeah. you come do this real quick um there's been relationships like that between actors and directors where it's kind of like a cameo or small part relationship. And I kind of like that. I, I mean, I thought the part for King shark was obviously a Stallone part. I mean, it was almost, <laughs> you could almost think it was made for him. He's, Oh, I've got this, this, this thing in mind. I will say guys, um, the pop is coming out in a couple of months yeah. for King shark. A Funko and, pop. And it, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm getting an I'm getting a Stallone pop. <laughs> so I can't um, wait to. Uh, do you happen to know if you know about this already? If it's going to be a standard 10 inch or a bigger one? It has to be bigger, right? Well, 10 inch is pretty standard. Oh, that's the wait, that's we're talking the, about pops. 10 inch okay. is the big one. It's the or is it a smaller one or is it going to be a a jumbo one? I don't know. Also, uh, one of the greatest parts of this movie is just watching King Shark run like trying to keep up with the art people, the way his legs move is hilarious. <laughs> he's in his own, he's in his own world. Yeah. There's a lot there. And, and yeah, that's a good way to kind of button up, man. It's a nom lot nom. to enjoy from this movie. <laughs> right. If you let yourself yeah. um, want to enjoy it. If you go in and you want to nitpick, I mean, you, you can do that technically with every superhero movie. Can't you? Sure. Yeah. I was just I like, mean, compared to a lot of these, it's like, it hits the right tone. It's got pretty good pacing. And, you know, it's just, it's not worried about setting up something bigger, right? It's right. just, it's like, no, here's two hours of fun with these characters. And, and I, I do love the fact that it was gory and, and stuff like, yeah. cause in real life, that's kind of don't hide that. These guys rip through people. That's part of why I love the boy, yeah. uh, the boys so much. Cause it was, it was what it was. Yeah. Superheroes can destroy you <laughs> instantly. I mean, the fact that the boys, uh, the the Flash kid, I forget his name right now, but the, the show starts off with him destroying somebody. Oh, what are you talking about, boy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's that's a good scene. 
That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, just for the uh, listeners, I did finish, finally finish the, uh, the Americans. Yeah. Uh, and Chris had told me uh, it was one of the best payoffs. Maybe not payoff. What was the word you said? One of the best kind of ways to end a series. They did it right. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that the uh, finale is like the greatest hour of television or something like that. And hardly they ever are. But I feel like it's one where you totally feel satisfied with the way things shake out. Like, whereas more so like you, you feel like wherever you've been leaving, leading towards in this show, you're not left hanging you know? at all. Yeah. Uh, actually completely the opposite. Uh, at the end of it, towards the very few moments of uh, things start happening. And mm-hmm. and it's very rare that I, I, and I don't know if it's, I'm not heartless. It really has to be good to me or I have to be truly invested in it. Mm-hmm. I teared up at the finale of this show. Oh, like it, I was like, I was like, Oh, that, that hit home. Okay. Good job, Philip. Uh, uh, I do want to, yeah, good job, Philip. Um, I do want to, uh, want to be, uh, I see that you got 10 days of quarantine left. If you are, uh, if you are, you know, this, you don't have to tell me any of this because that is that what I call HIPAA, you know, that's protected health information. You said you're in quarantine. You got 10 days left, whatever you're in quarantine for, man. I hope you're good. I hope everything is great. Um, and all that stuff. Uh, ha- uh, what is it? Foppish? Foppish Schloth. What's up? That sounds, I said it like I was German. Chimes in on our Twitch chat and says the Americans is so, so good. Want to be did just disclose? I got that COVID. It's horrible. I don't like hearing that. And and best wishes, thoughts, and prayers, the legit ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send your way. Uh, and it's funny, Chris, I don't know if you saw Foppa Schloth a little earlier in chat. This is funny. And Foppish, you got to make sure you hit the follow button because uh, what you'll see, like last week, Chris actually hopped off stream. And what you saw in his place, Chris, can you bring it up real quick? Just for the uh, folks in... Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I was here the, the entire whole time. time. The whole time I was here. Yeah. This is exactly... This is just a different camera angle. It's just yep, me. He's still here. That's on the ready. It it, it was so crazy is that you are... Uh, you obviously have never maybe seen Chris in person, or if you have, you've never had a chance to... Con- People left and right say that about my homeboy, Chris. Every day. It's It's hilarious. It didn't happen uh, until recently, though. And, like, once it did, about two years ago, it just it does not stop. Everyone's always like, hey, did uh, I ever tell you you look like Tom Segura? I, I, John, I don't know who you get talked a lot, but people, like, either at work or at drive throughs at Zaxby's or even Chris and the WGC fans, they have said that I, they were, I remind them of Danny McBride. I don't understand it. I don't have a mullet. Go you get know, you a mullet. I got to go get me one of them mullets and we'll make this happen. But, uh, you know, I've always who's, said, who's you, the guy, who's the guy from the office that calls Jim big tuna. Oh, uh, man. Dang it. Ed. We could Google this guys or somebody could yeah. tell us. You look like a cross between Danny McBride and that guy. Ed Helms. Ed, Ed Helms. Helms. I look like Ed Helms. Like, wait, I think I know checks out that's funny that's funny we're getting confirmation well i look like what i look like can't help it huck's chiming in what's up huck ms saying a little bit it is what it is we look like what we look like boys can't we change are, it we, we can't are change it. we yeah it, it is what it is don't you love that uh what else has been going on in your worlds anybody um have anything exciting happen 
I, I refuse to do old man chat, so I'm not going to talk about my chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. Well, yours. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't. Maybe. Yeah. If if you've watched last week or listened, you kind of know Chris had a future or more adventures in that. That's fun. Um, I, I DJed three times this weekend, which was fun. That's a rare thing for me. Was exhausted. Um. So when when you're DJing and you realize it's Sunday night, not Saturday night, and you have to go to work the next day. <laughs> kind of sucks, but it was worth it. And the the wedding I DJed was a beautiful, beautiful thing. If if you happen to see that, I posted some stuff in some places. Uh, John, did y'all get um, did y'all get that yard work done? Because I'm not ending this segment until I wish you on air a belated but official happy anniversary to your wife. Thank you. I did get that uh, yard work done. <laughs> that was so funny. Dug me a hole. <laughs> Yeah, I saw on uh, the social medias that uh, you guys are celebrating, what, eight years together now? Nine years. Nine! Nine! nine. nine years. That's what's up. Congrats, man, and hopefully Which many, many, many more. I haven't lived with John for nine years. Yeah, that's that checks out. <laughs> yeah. Because right before that, that he had his room in the back with the bookcase, and it looked all sophisticated. And your, <laughs> the rest of the house looked like a gamer's house. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a gamer's house who happened to be a meth addict. <laughs> especially, uh, especially Ryan's part. Especially if you got stuck in the middle of the hallway looking around, you're like, wait a minute. What's going on here? This doesn't feel... The living room was straight. The balcony, uh, I believe we had smokers in and out. So there was always not not bud smokers, but like regular smokers. Mm. Um, so There were times, yeah. funny times, where Chris would just walk into my room and go... John, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> that was also the balcony where Chris, uh, it was a snitch. So that happened. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all those good times. And that was, that before, was the, the, that was the apartment John we watched there. Lost, the Lost Finale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Everyone came over for that. I remember. Yeah. It's good times. Good, good times. Speaking of good times, if you guys have nothing else to add, I think it's a good time to go ahead and get onto the topic. But yeah. make sure you make me pump my brakes if it's not. No, no, my back says it's time to go to the topic. Yeah, for sure. So, why not? Man chat. And we made it. We are here, ladies and gentlemen. We have made it to the land of topic timeness. Yes, we're here. So whether or not you came all the way here from the beginning and you've been waiting on everybody or wait, the people who just skipped to here are probably waiting on you. Regardless, we're here. We thank you. Uh, And what I do now is I shut up and I pass the torch and the mic to my friend, Chris, who introduces the topic and we go from there. Chris, you ready, buddy? Um, hold on. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> That's not normal. So let's uh, talk a little more. No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. We're good. I just wanted to do one. We're good. Thing. We're good. All right. All right. All right. The uh, topic is the ascent. How does that come through in post? I I'll never know because on this know. end. I don't hear, and I listen every yeah, week. Yeah, you don't, you don't hear it because, uh, right? It's the same reason why you don't come through when you say news or emails. 
It's just that Discord has really I, crappy I know. amps. If you ever, yeah. in front of all my friends in the entire universe that downloaded this podcast, if you ever mansplain that to me again, I'm going to take these headphones off and I'm coming to your house. And in a minute, they're going to see me right there by Darth Vader putting you in a headlock. See, Sean, a mixer allows a DJ. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I'm excited to hear about this. You you were excited for us to play this game together. And um, it's one that, like, I want to say it showed up uh, for the first time about two or three years ago at one of Xbox's uh, E3s. And I was like, ooh, that could be cool, right? Because it's, right. it just, ain't that, anytime you say cyberpunk, right? And it looks like someone's going for that and they actually nail it. That is a big carry uh, that can have a very nice payoff for for someone like myself, at least, right away. So that's hey, what we all like a good payoff. Wait, right? What? right. So this is, uh, yeah, the Ascent, for those who are unfamiliar. Uh, if you have Games Pass, you, uh, you have this game right now on both console and PC. So uh, that's, the, that's, I feel like, all the reason you should need to go check it out. At least give it a whirl and see what it is. But it is... The first game from Neon Giant, who, from my understanding, is a bunch of devs that like worked on things like Far Cry, Gears of War, Call of Duty, Halo, and you know they decide, hey, why do we let Phil make all the big bucks? Let's go make a game of our own, right? So, uh, fun fact: in about two thousand and eight, when I was going through a Daft Punk phase, uh, I named my Richard Neon Sign for about seven days. <laughs> terrible that's good that's good i'm just gonna let that bake in silence um but (laughs) but yeah it is a isometric uh top-down twin stick shooter that takes place on this what did you just say isometric like it's got an isometric top down twin spike shooter what did you say twin sticks shooter twin sticks that means you use both the sticks. Yes. Uh, yeah. if, if you'd like a comparison of another twin stick shooter, Sean, uh, it's called Geometry Wars, and you can go play that. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to. You should. Never. Mm. You can put some dap. No, you can put some dap punk on while you play it. You'll love math, the visuals. Math be hard, yo. That's not. I don't think you understand how this game works. It <laughs> says geometry didn't, in the title. Didn't, didn't Super Giant do some twin sticks? Supergiant, um, <clears throat> I don't believe they've done a twin stick shooter. I Somebody did. Well, maybe it was the... Resogun. Uh, maybe it was, yeah. Resogun. Yeah. Resogun definitely has twin stick uh, elements to it. That for was sure. nice. Um, but yeah, yeah. you play as a, uh, a male or female of your own choosing, right? You get to create them. Not, not a ton of customization, but... Uh, definitely enough to at least give your character a little bit of a unique um, vibe, right? And you are basically told that you are your character is going to this planet called Velez that is run by the Ascent Group. Um, and basically the idea is that Earth and all these other places they suck to live with, they're dying, they're overpopulated, everyone's poor, right? So they're like, hey, come to this planet all you got to do is do a little bit of indentured servitude to pay off the cost to get you here and, you know, get set up. Right. And then afterwards you'll get to live this fabulous life on this planet get to do whatever you want, you know, be your own person, discover your dreams, all that good stuff. 
unfortunately, when you get there, you quickly realize that's all scam. <laughs> Instead of just being an indentured servant for, say, like one or two years, you're pretty much going to have to do it your whole entire life to pay off what is owed. And more importantly, Velez itself is really more of a, you know, I guess uh, corporate hellhole that is a bunch of people fighting just to survive and advance themselves. And case in point, when you start in this city, in this world, uh, you start on the lowest rung of the city. You're basically like doing missions where you're going around places where there are, you know, big water pipes that are keeping the city functioning. There's trash everywhere. You're going through sewers. You are, you know, being conveyed that at this point in your career, you are the lowest of lows. Uh, but not long after arriving, the Ascent group that runs this place uh, mysteriously gets taken out. And it quickly escalates into this war between all these various corporate entities that are trying to vie for control. So what the core story of it is, is is your character progressing up through this this planet's ecosystem by doing jobs for all these corporations, gaining favor, therefore gaining higher access, uh, while trying to figure out exactly what happened to the re- the original company that was ruling this this planet and try to solve it. Um, and I have to say, there are two places I feel this game nails uh, what they probably were saying out to do. The first is the city itself. Like... As I said, you start in those sewers and and kind of very low, you know, kind of mechanical places the first couple of hours or so, right? But when you actually make it to the main kind of like hub where there's just this big open cylinder circle with a pyre that in the middle of apartments going up, you know, probably thousands of levels and you for the first time see the art design of the city. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You quickly, you're like, man, did they take their time to design this and make it like, as you're continuously progressing higher, you feel like you're in that higher, you know, status of, of cyberpunk world. Right. Um, There's this one part I'm seeing in the, in the game where the level of detail, like there's this surface, there's this, um, this oscillating fan above the guy. You don't see it, but you can tell it's there because the shadows are turning Mm -hmm. around just the level of detail, even the trash looks beautiful in this game. <laughs> I'm actually kind of blown away by it. Yeah. I mean, their art design is, is top notch. Like just little things like elevators, right? When you're on the lower things, they're just platforms that go up and down, right? There's no safety rail, but then like you get halfway up and you're, you're going to this very high elevator to this casino. And all of a sudden now there's like a glass tube that's around you and you're like, oh yeah, these are the richer people. They get a little bit more safety taken into account for them. Unlike these peons below that, you know, who cares if they fall off and die? I don't care. Um, so, you know, like that's, that's a really cool thing to see um, just walking around the core city parts because like every level or of the place is kind of divided into two zones. One that, is guarded and therefore weapons are not allowed. And that's kind of like the city itself where you'll see all the various vendors you can go to and um, find side missions to get right. Those kinds of things versus the other part, which is just kind of the old West, right? Like 
you can be walking down the street and someone can be pulling out a gun and getting shooting at someone else and you get caught in the crossfire and you're dead, right? Like, you know, that's why I imagine being in those parts for the regular citizens of Beleza uh, is every single day. Um, the other part they really nail with this, though, I think personally is the combat, which is the big thing. So, as I said, it's a twin stick shooter. You'll start out with just kind of like a basic pistol. Eventually, you're getting assault rifles. You could get, you know, machine guns, RPGs, uh, RNG type of uh, guns, ballistic type of guns, submachine guns. You know, you can have uh, various types of tactical stuff from anything from like an EMP grenade to a drone um, robot that can do various things depending on what type you're putting out there. Um, you have augmentations that you unlock over time that can be anything from just like a hydraulic slam to throwing out these like little spider robots that act as like little kamikazes and they just go and try to find enemies and blow themselves up. You have the Iron Man type of like, you know, open your chest up and all of a sudden just shoot this huge beam that will eviscerate anything that's walking in front of you. I love you 3000, Chris. Right? Always. (laughs) Make me tear up. But um, yeah, like there's just a ton of options with the combat, and the combat feels really good. The AI is fun and smart. Uh, and, and the, and the way you have to fight is also interesting because it's not a typical twin stick shooter. Like I think of things to, uh, way back on Xbox 360, like I love zombies where it was just (laughs) consistently different types of zombies coming at you. And you're just kind of going and moving your character around in a circle, trying to make sure that none of them ever get too close to you. Right (laughs) here. You have different types of enemies. You have those that have swords, you know, and thing, or just, you know, fists that are consistently trying to rush you. And then you have those with guns. And the cool thing that's about this is, okay, so those people that are rushing you, those are the ones you kind of typically handle in the traditional way of twin stick. Just like make sure when they get close to you and in, in your sight, get the freaking gun on them and blow them away, right? Until they're dead. But the people are shooting you that are further back. That's where you have to kind of play a little bit more uh, different than you would usually in these things, because you can take cover in this game and you'll, so like you'll have a guy who's shooting you three guys shooting you across the way. You need to get behind something and then hold down your left trigger to peer out and shoot high and do damage. Hi Willis. Yeah. And do damage on them. While also making sure you pay attention to like all these, you know, guys with ninja swords rushing you and being ready to move and roll around and do what you need to to get out of their way, right? And and well, you didn't tell me the dude has like Mandalorian jetpack skills. They can get them, yeah. Like, I, what is happening right? Now? So as you're talking about the different types of gunfire, I'm watching this video, mm. and I gotta say two things. Two, two things. I I am. I've I've I I can't recall a time that you have done a review on a game that I seriously regret and yeah. I'm mad that I didn't play this game. <laughs> Try to this tell you game all. looks like the jam 
like don't worry sean everything. criticism is coming i'm sure <laughs> it well, is. I, 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 when i googled it to get a video ready there was some criticism about some yeah. science he better bring that up or yeah. this is not a legitimate review <laughs> but the second thing you said about the gun <laughs> so dude when he was aiming down he had this laser beam on somebody and he's running mm-hmm. and then somebody comes up behind him with a, a ninja sword dude the blast from the shotgun when y'all heard me go oh it was that kind of that was great yeah like there, just to hit on the beat that that looks does it feel as good as it looks for real oh the gunplay god yeah so like there was um there was a level where and i love this too like pretty much anything around you is destructible like especially vehicles and such um so i had one level where out of nowhere i had three of these really big brute guys show up and i'm like down to half my health i'm like this is not good i need to figure out something fast uh, so I start rolling back. I'm looking around and all of a sudden I just see two cars there. And I was like, that's it. And I, <laughs> I timed it perfect. I baited them in. I did damage on the cars to get them whittled down right to where they were near yeah. explosion. And I led them in. And as soon as they all three got in the zone, lit up those cars, they both blow up. Next thing you know, all three of these huge broods are running around on fire, just burning to death. And it was the perfect diversion because at the same time, all of a sudden a wave of more regular enemies come in. So it was, it just felt so satisfying because I was like, I figured out how to deal with these brutes that could have easily wrecked me in five seconds if I messed up. Right. And yeah. because I made, I looked at my surroundings, used what was in front of me. It allowed me then to focus on the other people that were rushing me and just kind of be like, okay, stay on my ground fire my gun at them, clear them out, make sure that, you know, I roll away when I need to. And that's, that's how these things, when these games are really good, you know, Uh to me, that that's, that's the sign that they're doing them very well is that they Uh are (laughs) what the way you said that, that sounded like a lead in. You said, you know, this is a sign when the games are doing good. No, no. I mean, like, I like the, like, this is where they really do sign, uh, shine. I think is like their yeah. combat. You could tell these are guys, you know, as I said before, is their pedigree is like far cry halo gears. They understand combat, right? It's clear that everyone has worked on these. They understand the importance of this. I think here's the lead in. <laughs> I think we're on the flip side where it shows that these guys were, making their first game because it's like 12 guys uh is the main team for neon giant is more so i would say and the biggest issues is just how you move around in the game when you're not in combat and having systems that make it fast and easy for the player to get back to doing the thing they most enjoy which is combat right like mm-hmm. best example of this Diablo Diablo three does a great job of giving you this hub world, right? Where the paying, no matter where you are in the store, you always have that hub world and yeah. you could teleport to it at any time. It has every little thing right there that you would need, right? From your armor to, uh, you know, someone who can do your jeweling and enchanting, right? Reroll your weapons, sell all your weapons, build new weapons if you need to so that you can do those things in a matter of like three or four minutes. Right. And then get right back in and not have to go back to them for about 40 or 50 minutes, but knowing that 
anytime you need to. You get that new legendary and you want to get it socketed, boom. You just press a button and you're back, right? Here, the problem is they're really, the fast travel first off is not great. Oh, um, no. Yeah. It starts oh, It starts oh, no. off where the only thing you can do is take uh, trains, which really are a pain. But then afterwards, eventually, after about two or three hours, you get the ability to take taxis to different nodes you've been to already. The problem is you have to pay for every fast travel you do in this. It's like a thousand credits, which at first isn't a big deal or is a big deal. But after a while, doesn't really become too much of a big deal. But the thing that sucks is because, you know, the idea of this is the ascent up the various levels of, you know, here. I can't just go like I could have a meeting with a person on the fourth or fifth level of this series of the city in a place that's way down the line. And then all of a sudden I get sent to something that's on the very first level. So the way this has to work is I come out of that meeting on the fifth level. I have to fast travel to the elevator. So that's a thousand. Then I have to take the elevator down. And both of these are going to have loading screens. They're about 10, 15 seconds. Then when I get down to that third level, I have to fast travel over to the elevator again, <laughs> take the next one down to the second level. You know, it, it's just, it's a consistent cycle of not being able to navigate around because these are really hard, big levels. And the thing is, is that yeah. your, your character, <laughs> your character, no matter if you're in combat or if you're out of combat, is always moving at the exact same speed. And this is why I think like they need a patch. I think that adds yeah. like either the ability to quick travel easily to a hub, you know, to the main hub points of uh, each of these levels. Right. Or else they need to add in through a patch, like the ability to kind of have like, maybe just like, I don't know, kind of like a motorcycle or something, right? Something that like a mount that allows you to, when you're saying like, Hey, I've gone through this, I've done all the hunting for gear I want, uh, and found the things I wanted. I can now hop on my motorcycle and move at like 10 times the speed I was right. It won't, yeah. I'll ignore any enemies that are around me. Um, and then, you know, I can get to where I want. I, I don't care which one of those options are in there, but that's like something they need to look at. Um, because it's just like, it, it's not like you're consistent. It's not like Diablo where you're consistently moving forward, where when you leave this one map that has been your hub, you don't come back to it again because you're going to somewhere else in it. You are consistently going back and forth through these various entities and is, is, it's a grind sometimes to sit there for 15, 20 minutes running through places that you've already been fighting enemies that are way lower level than you at this point. Right. And you're just, you're just mopping them up, you know, and you're getting a little bit of XP. I guess that's the one good thing that comes of it, but you're not like, you're not excited by it. It's not the fun part to you. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of where, when you've seen the negative reaction online to this, uh, you know, some people are, I guess, upset with the tone of it just because it is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's lowbrow humor coming in there. And, um, there's very little regard for life in this game, which I think is the point. But, um, you know, 
the biggest issue here is like no game should make you have to wait around 10 to 20 minutes simply to get to the parts that are fun because they don't know how to get you from A to B in a very logical and fast paced way. And I think that's, like I said, that's where you see this is a new studio and it it's obvious. Maybe they had ideas of how to do it, but they just never were able to put a system in here. I think that works effectively very well and it, it holds the game down. Um, it's been, you know, cause these missions that you go on the main missions, I think there's like 12 and all I've done eight of them now they're long, you know, they're, they're a good hour. Or so usually for each one of these main missions and, um, you know, they're fun and they're exciting. And I love like the boss fights that they throw in here. Each one feels unique. They're fun. They, they, some of them just have some great settings for them too. Um, like you fight this big mechanical spider at one point that's just shooting fire everywhere and trying to blow you up. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's chaos. And I could imagine doing this co-op with friends, you know, having to work together to take her down would be an exciting thing that would be, you know, on par of taking down Diablo boss. Right. Um, All right. So you bring that up. So let me ask you this. Uh, our, our plan was to play co-op. Yeah. Is it a two-player co-op, or could John and I technically go through the game with you again think, if you were feeling it? I believe you could go up to four players. Oh, my God. Yeah. We missed an opportunity. Bad. Bad. I tried. Is it, is it, is it, are, are these, are these problems that you're seeing with it, are they patchable? I mean, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be, do they have the time to do it, and will they? Because, I mean, I guess the easiest thing they could do is just, remove the fee for fast traveling right get rid of that um and then just let people fast travel as they need to right um john says that a lack of a fast travel really can hinder the overall experience of a game and that's really where his yeah his footing stands on why it's important to have a good fast travel system like it, it it's like look at something like the witcher right the Witcher has, is wait a, a minute, wait a minute. What's, what's the game called? Episode the Witcher one. We're all the way back. The Here Witcher three. Go. Okay. So you have Witcher three where huge open world, right? <laughs> and I can get in that game and at any point be game like games. gotten something done and be like, Oh, I need to go all the way to Navi grad to turn this thing in. And I can pull up the map and go, Oh wow. That is a click away. That is a good bit. Right? Yeah. And at that point, I can decide to do one, two things. I can either, you know, hop on my horse and decide to just take back roads and stuff and clear out secondary things I need to do, which is fine. But if I'm like to a point in the game where I'm like, no, I just want to turn this in and move on. I can also just travel literally down the road for about 10 seconds to a street sign, which will allow me to fast travel to Navigrad. And that's what you want. You want options for the player where they. Well, maybe that is a simple patch. Add some yeah. signs that actually say the right things yeah. on them, uh, and you're able to fast trap travel to wherever you need to go. Like I but, love, I love a good patch, but I also love a simple patch. <laughs> yeah, good, nice, simple, just, just you know. But like I said, I think that's where you see that's where their weakness is. They don't know yet as a studio. <laughs> how to design these things where they're thinking that in mind. They were just thinking about build a cool world and build a great combat system. And that's where they deliver. 
you don't think you don't think that Xbox as a as a company or a studio didn't I know it's not an Xbox, but yeah. their Xbox.com is highlighting this game right now. Sure. Uh, as a experience only available on, you know, the Xbox family of systems and on PC. Mm-hmm. You don't think they gave some input or some like, hey, we probably we need to fix this? Like yeah, I think so. I just I don't know. Maybe, but I mean listening to Phil talk at least unless he was just BSing, which I guess is always possible. He's kind of like, look, he lets them make their decisions. You know, he'll advise, but he's like I'm here to help you make the game you want to make, right? Not not the other way. Yeah. I but I mentioned this earlier. I hated seeing just the fact that there was some backlash on it. You 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 brought up the point that they spent a lot of time on the detail of the game mm-hmm. and on, you know, the 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 combat, but then they overlooked things like signs that didn't make sense or was almost a blind eye to what should be said, especially if you write signs in Korean. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about that. And I don't need. I just kind of glanced at it. and I'm yeah. like, how does how do you overlook that? Like, how do you not check that? I don't know. Yeah, I would think if you're gonna do that kind of stuff, then I would say it behooves you. You know, if you're gonna put language in the game, maybe you actually get someone who knows the language and make sure that things say what right. they're supposed to. <laughs> right. I mean, because uh, I I don't know how many people speak each language in the world. I I don't have those stats on me, but I did see that. 75, 80 million people speak that language. And yeah. so a lot of people possibly saw this, played it, or were exposed to it and were like, wait a minute. Yeah. That makes no sense. I agree. Uh, so I mean, that. Uh, the art thing that's not too great map is kind of yeah, hard to figure it out. Um, it looks really pretty, but man, you know, like there's so many times where you like the good thing the game does is all the gear, main gear chest as you explore it will go ahead and show up on the map, right? Like, so you'll know, hey, I'm in this area. There's four chests here that I could potentially find. They can be anything from components to actual gear to new weapons and new augmentations and mods and stuff. So there's definitely incentive to go out there and find these things. The problem is, is that you, one, you can't set waypoints on the map. So you can't sit there and find a way to guide yourself to it. And two... <clears throat> there's so much verticality in this that what might seem like all you need to do is walk forward to get to something seems that way until you get there and you realize, wait a minute, actually that is about five levels deeper than I am right now. <clears throat> and trying to find then the elevator point or whatever stairwell that's going to take you down to that is not something that's easy or clear um, and can be just a bit of a pain to get to. So, you know, the the one good thing is that as far as the missions themselves, if you ever do get lost or hung up, not sure where to go, you just press up and literally a little guide path comes out. And for the most part, I think outside of one time, it's always kept me on track. So that's something they did do very well. But um. Yeah, I did see though that the map that can be very frustrating, and I think when you couple that with a a system that doesn't allow you to fast travel, and you're already kind of lost and confused, yeah, it can add to some frustrating moments. But I, I kind of get the gist uh, from what you just said, and from reading online leading up to the show, that man, the world looks so good, and there it is does. excellent, you know, gun uh, gameplay to it that it kind of can help balance it. It's not the best game ever, but it's definitely nowhere near the worst either. No, it's it's definitely one of the funner um, 
one of these types of games I've played in recent memory where I was like, okay, you like, you know, when it's God's highs, they are very high and they're just very fun. And, and, you know, then you add in, like I said, that level of art as far as art design and, and sound uh, music soundtrack in this is pretty solid. Like it does a good job of being like low key, but the moment you get into combat, it just heightens up very quickly and keeps you thumping just one to take on whatever challenge the game is about to throw at you. Right. Um, so, you know, those, those, that's when the game is its best. And then, like I said, the, the downside is the other part where it's like trying to get to the next thing. Sometimes it's, it can be a bit of a chore and it also makes, I think side missions, something that you really have to think about. Do you really want to take these on? <laughs> Because it's going to be sometimes a good bit of fast traveling, which is money, or a good bit of walking, right, uh, to get to where you're going. The other thing that I don't understand with the side quest, they doled them out where it doesn't make sense why they're doling them out when they do. Like, I went to one part of the game. Every time I end up a new hub, I always go and I look for the side quest. I usually pick them up. And I'm looking at some of these. This is the point in this game I'm like level seven, right? And I'm opening these up and it goes suggested level 23. And I'm like, why is this being handed to me right now? Like, what was the point of giving this? Because if I'm not smart enough to catch that, right. If I'm just like perusing and just clicking on the thing and going like, Oh yeah, this isn't too far away. Let me go try this. It would be like walking into an instant death trap, right? <laughs> Cause everything's going to be 10 levels higher than I need to be to face it. So uh, I don't really understand that part of it either. Um, and that, that, that's kind of like what it is like it's puzzling decisions of logistics in this game, um, coupled with great art and great gameplay. So that's nice. Yeah. I want it's, you to uh, whip it out and slap yeah, it on the table. Let's make sure no one in our Twitch, you know, this is their, their bonus. I don't think it's the table for, you want me to slap with it. <laughs> This is a bonus for joining us in Twitch. If you've got any questions for Chris right now, we got just a few seconds to ask him. Uh, I will point out the wannabe gamer when you were talking about fast travel said one wheel would be great for traveling in a game. Yeah, I agree. A, a one wheel would be great. That'd be pretty dope. Uh, but yeah, uh, I dude, great review. And I honest to God, I'm serious. I texted John. I was like, dude, I think we have to play this game. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to play, yeah. let me know. I'll, I'll be down. Would you, but all right. So would you, pl- I asked you that a minute ago, you'd play it again. It got some replayability for you. I mean, the cool thing about it is you could always do a different type of build for like, for now, I kind of just went with what was put in front of me. So my guys pretty much <laughs> just running. <laughs> I, I pretty much have only upgrade my assault or my minigun and my energy assault rifle because yeah. energy weapons are really good against robots. Um, but I would love to come back and like play with you guys with a different character where maybe I build him up to be more of like just a tank that shoots out RPGs and ballistics and all that kind of stuff. Like, cause that would be fun. I haven't really messed with any of that yet. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Richard, uh, I think right now I've, I've gone back and forth on it and I'm going to pull a classic, uh, from IGN before they kind of change the way they do reviews. And I'm just going to give this at this point, a 7.8, which is to say it's very good, but it's not very great, you know? And the main reason being that there are just these little issues. I think that hold it back uh, from being something where I 
could get lost for 30 or 40 hours. Right. Versus here where I'm like, you know, unless I'm playing with you guys. Yeah. When I do finish the story, I will be glad to be done and, and I will move on, you know, um, and that'll be fine. Are you playing it on PC games pass or console games pass console? Typical. Yeah. Got that one X bro. I would too. I've heard there are some issues with the PC version. Um, especially the steam version of the game has some direct, uh, 12 issues, but my back kind of said, Hey, you're going to play this on console, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. Anyways, um, I should shut up and we should do some news. You should shut up. Shut your face. Shut your mouth, dude. I got this on recording. People now know how you verbally. They know now. That's what's up. How would they know? How would they know, dude? They're going to know. All right. Let's do some news. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! Hey, thank you so much for coming to the news section. And uh, This is where our news team, of course, has put together a, just a plethora of uh, pieces of news we feel you need to know. Uh, we're going to start off um, with news. What? One was forgotten. And I'm getting it on the record right now, Sean. Is this the re... Hold up. Is this the... Which, 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 which remix? Yes. You were spo- you, you're so dumb. You're supposed to say this after one of your back-to-backs you got. I wasn't going to do that, though. That's being presumptuous. Three is too much. Two's enough. You've got three now. If you do this. No, I mean in a row. Why? 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 We're having some technical difficulties. Technical, uh, 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 now I got to mute John because that's going to be terrible for people at home. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll understand it's a bit for two seconds, Chris. Why Guys, you gotta be... Idris Elba. You know? Yeah. You know him from The Wire, Sean. You know him as Bloodsport. I know him more as Bloodsport now, apparently. Guess what you're going to know him as next, though? SpongeBob SquarePants? No. Oh. Idris Elba has confirmed that he will voice Knuckles, the Enchata, or Etchna, or what? I don't know how you say that word. What is it called? You know, if you were going to take over a new segment, you should know how to say all the words in your bootleg story. Well, I was hoping. Yeah. Bootleg. Uh, but yeah, uh, he will voice Knuckles in the sequel to the Sonic movie. Uh, he posted a picture of the legendary Knuckles. Knuckle. Yeah. Uh, to uh, good old Instagram. Uh, and we've already heard that Sonic's friends like Tails will take a more prominent role in the upcoming sequel, though no uh, no news yet. Who will be that? It'll probably be like Chris Helmsworth, right? The way this is going. <laughs> It'll be Chris Helmsworth and Idris Elba's Knuckles and Tails. <laughs> While he's doing that, he's not giving us another season of Luther. So thanks. thanks I don't think we'll now ever you, get another season. Of now Luther. you made John angry for no reason. You hijacked the beginning of the news. Uh, you didn't know how to say words. And John is, he's mad now. The rest of the show. I don't care. Yeah. It had to be done. <laughs> it had to be done. John, but... There is some news about the Indie World Showcase. Um, um, and I'd like to know about it. So if you would be so kind, sir. I want to tell you about this showcase. You ready for this? I am. 
Nintendy has announced a new Indie World Digital Showcase. Let me slide this over to where I can see it. You would say for today, John. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> for today, this is <laughs> happening today. It might have already happened. You never know. Uh, the program will be twenty. The the, pro, the program was twenty minutes. <laughs> the program was twenty minutes in length at noon today. No details have been provided regarding content. So this might be a stupid news piece to read of, right now. No, at Shut the up, time John, of this morning, I'm helping you out. Let me do my thing. Let me do my thing. I love you. No details have been provided regarding content. However, one brand new announcement is usually announced during these presentations. This will be the first showcase since E3 presentation in June. I never care about these things. But, but they always but they always surprise me with a little gem in there. It's probably, yeah. This is when they remind us that that one game you wanted so bad is in production still. And yeah. the world goes crazy. <laughs> Breath of the Wild I, 2? No, no, no. Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. Yeah. That nice little indie game, Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> That's what it's basically turned into at this point. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo Switch sales. We're going to keep the Nintendo news going. Uh, mm-hmm. Nintendo has shipped more than 89 million units. That's a lot. This number has allowed the console to pass lifetime sales for both the Xbox mm-hmm. 360 and PS3 to become the seventh best selling console of all time. The announcement was made during Nintendo's most recent financial report. The Switch is on track to become the company's best-selling console, surpassing the very popular Wii this next fiscal year. The company projects to sell uh, 20.5 million more consoles in the current financial year, which ends March of 2022. While the PS2's record of 155 million units may be an unlikely record to break, the company has a real chance of outselling the PS4, which will be a high mark indeed. Don't you think, John? Chris? Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's legit. And, that, and he's going to deny it. But Chris said that this thing would never sell and it was a terrible move by Nintendo. I mean, I, I'll admit, <laughs> no, I have no problem saying I was wrong. I mean, yeah, I don't sure, think, I'm not, I'm I, guarantee, I guarantee you, Nintendo did not think that this thing was going to sell at this level on day one, right? Like before that, 10 minutes before they did their first reveal of Switch, I'm sure they were like, oh, yeah, this is going to sell 100 million easy, you know? We're definitely you never, you wish, but you never yeah, really know. Yeah, you? Uh, yeah. Um, so they have to be ecstatic. And the, the good thing is, is it appears like they're smart enough to realize they should be leaning into this and just keep developing it. And you know, once like I'm sure we're still going to get a super switch or whatever you want to call it in a couple of years, and they will make all the money that they can off of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> what they do. Well, I'm not done. Hmm. All right. I'm going to go to a second news. Uh, it's more of a rumor, and I love spreading rumors. You ready for this? So did CV Knicks. Uh, Who's that? Fleetwood Mac. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Rumors that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is in development are gaining traction with an announcement said to be coming before the end of the year. What if it's not an indie game, so they wouldn't bring it up on the thing we just mentioned? What if it comes out very soon? The game was rumored to be revealed earlier, but COVID, stupid COVID, interrupted those plans. Rumors are additionally supported by voice actress Jenna Coleman, who plays Antiqua in the original Xenoblade Chronicles. Here's the quote. It was through my voiceover agent, and I did it. God, 
When was the first game? Ten years ago? It was a long time ago. I did it pre-Doctor Who days, and then yeah. when they did the second one, they asked me to come back. And I think they're going to do another. The series was first released way back in 2010 and has been a successful RPG for Nintendo platforms. No diggity, no doubt. Yeah, it's 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 funny to think that 10 years ago there was like U.S. gamers had to petition to get this thing to ship to the U.S. And at the time they only sold it. Um, I think they made a deal with distribution for GameStop to sell it. Um, so yeah. Hindsight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, they they remastered the original game last year. Very good remaster, considering. Um, I've enjoyed what. I guess I played about twenty hours of it. Good stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's you get lost in those games, man. Mm-hmm. They are legitimate RPGs for sure. Let's. Uh, I'm more let's so amazed that ten years ago, Jenna Coleman was doing RPGs for. Jeff, you know, that were primarily just Japanese games. Yeah. At the time. That's and, pretty. Yeah. Because I was like, when I read that story, I was like, wait, that Jenna what? Coleman? Yes, that one. That's <laughs> the like, one. Old Clara. Good for her. Uh, not, not today, tomorrow, even the next day, but coming up soon, Chris, Xbox is going to have a showcase. Tell us about it. Xbox has confirmed that will hold a Gamescom stream on August 24th. They are slated to show off, quote, new looks at upcoming games. The showcase is set to premiere at 1 p.m. Eastern time and will focus on already announced titles. According to a blog post, the show will include, quote, in-depth updates from some of our previously announced Xbox Game Studio uh, Studios titles alongside Uh, Some of our third-party partners, including some of the incredible titles coming to Xbox this holiday, upcoming releases to our monthly subscription service, Xbox Game Pass, and much more. Um, So with this in mind, I think that means that either before August 24th, one of two things is going to happen. Either before August 24th, you're going to get a tweet from 343 Studios telling you how even though they've worked really hard, they're unfortunately going to have to delay Halo Infinite to early next year. Or, or if you don't get that, that means at some point during the showcase, you will finally have someone from 343 Studios come out and go, and Halo Infinite launches on, and there will be a day, and we will be done. So that yeah. would be the big thing. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. But it sounds like, That's I mean... Scarface said... It's. It sounds like the you know from everyone was talking about from the uh, the Halo Infinite flight that they did last weekend. Um, everyone in that community is is liking what they're playing. So, they buzzing. Yeah, so I would imagine they're probably going to feel good about putting it out this holiday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chris, the train doesn't stop on the Xbox news. Uh, we've got some indie showcase highlights as well. Yeah, some good stuff uh, from this. Uh, Stardew Valley is coming to both, uh, or is coming to Xbox Game Pass and to uh, PC Game Pass later this fall. Sam and Max Save the World Remastered is now available on Games Pass. Right now? Yes. Those oh, are, cool. I never played those games. Uh, Ollie Ollie World has been revealed to be 120 FPS in 4K and will be released at some point in winter of this year. Uh, 
Origami 2, a sequel to 2016's Origami, is a stealth game hanging to Games Pass on September 17th. That game looked good. Yeah. That looked real good. Evil Genius 2 World Domination is launching on Games Pass this year in some point in Q4. And Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteousness will be released on March 1st, 2022. And, of course, it's coming where? You guessed it. Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> Xbox Games Pass. All these games for just a dollar for your first three months. <laughs> Why not jump in now? You'd be crazy. Jump in now. Play. Right. Uh, speaking of something that uh, one of us really wants to jump into, um, there's a release window. I'm kidding. It has to do with Dead Space. John? I love a good release window, don't you? Yeah. Now, according to reports, the Dead Space remake is aiming for a fall 2022 release date. It's like a year from now, John. So, yeah. Ish. Sources familiar with the development of the game have said the Dead Space could launch as early as fall of 2022 when approached for a statement EA said, and I quote, we haven't shared a release date for the game and we don't have any comment based on the current rumor or speculation, but we are glad people are excited for the game. In 2022, EA Motive is going to shut down. They're going to cancel this game, and we're just going to be upset. <laughs> and you're going to be the most devastated ever. So much so that I will have to resign from this podcast. Because there's no mm-hmm. point in moving on. All there's you no ever point. wanted was a Dead Space remake. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Once it, once it comes out, I'm retiring from everything. <laughs> from, like, all the things, bro. <laughs> if, that, if that scenario presented itself, John... Uh, and on the cusp of that game coming out, if, if that company just collapsed, there'd be a huge fallout. There really would. This game, at the earliest, you heard it from me first, is coming out at the earliest, um, early 2023. They're not going to hit a fall date. It's just not going to happen. You never know. If what you doubt Mitch Dyer one more time. I will doubt Mitch Dyer any and all times. Who's Mitch Dyer? He's a punk. He's a former (laughs) IGN editor who works at EA Motive as a writer now. Oh. Yeah. That that Mitch Dyer. Yes. That dude. (laughs) (laughs) More fallout for Activision Blizzard. Um, key advertisers. Sorry. Let me let me advertisers. I'm apparently drunk off Coke Zero. Mm -hmm. Key advertisers such as Coca-Cola and State Farm say they are reassessing how to move forward with Activision Activision Blizzard's popular esports league. In a statement from State Farm, they are reevaluating our limited marketing relationship with the Overwatch League. They've asked that none of their ads run from the time being, or for the time being, I should say. Coca-Cola says it's aware of the allegations surrounding Activision Blizzard and is, quote, working with our partners at Blizzard as we take a step back for a moment to revisit future plans and programs. So, yeah, the backlash indeed continues. But major moves have been made and shaken up at Blizzard. And and um, I got to say, if you played World of Warcraft, you got a letter directly from the developers of that game uh, into your, and directly right there for you to read from them. And they're, everybody's kind of hurt about the story. They don't like it. They're glad things are happening and changes need to be made. Yeah, I think so. there was uh, another story. There might be a spot open. <laughs> I think there was a story this afternoon that even came out that said like their shareholder group pretty much said they're not satisfied with what they've seen so far that more people need to go. And that was like maybe the first time where I was like, Oh, 
yeah. Bob, Bobby, you oh. might you might be in trouble if they're upset. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's not uh, a good thing. So we'll see. Well, shareholders are trying to keep their stock price up. They're scared. Yeah, Damn. yeah of course. They want their money. Got to make that money moves. Uh, speaking of making money moves, if you're a fan of Chris and a deep voice saying, finally, I've got a, I've got a good piece of news for you. We have arrived at finally this week. And Chris, we need you to say that. Finally this week. Ladies and gentlemen, there appears to be trouble at Fulbright. <gasps> oh, no. Fulbright, the celebrated developer behind Gone Home, is receiving reports regarding a toxic work culture with Steve Gaynor, the studio's co-creator. At the center of the issue, uh, speaking with Polygon, 12 former employees of the company reportedly said that their decision to leave was at least partially due to Gaynor's behavior towards staff and, in particular, women on the team. Staff spoke anonymously out of fear of retaliation, describing the work environment as, quote, controlling. With, with workers feeling, quote, undermined and demeaned by Gaynor. A Fulbright rep stated that, quote, Steve stepped down in March 2021 after it became clear that the steps that were already being taken to improve his interactions with the team were only yielding temporary results. And I should say, I should clarify stepping down from the current project they were working on. Uh, he's still, I think, in some capacity, in some role at the company. So, yeah, this is... Uh, this is surprising from a company from a developer that comes across in in almost every aspect of, to be a very progressive group, um, you know, and and how they you know and content that they push forward. I mean that as a compliment, not as a derivement. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it, when when you think of when you think of stuff like this happening, the last the last company on your list is probably Fulbright. It just you know, it just doesn't. You wouldn't expect it. Um, mm. I'm just curious. I'm just curious how you know none of it. None of it seems to be coming forth. You know, I, I would say you shouldn't look at this in the same necessarily in the same way as Activision Blizzard, right? No. right. Um, because toxic is up to the eye of the beholder, and, and and you know it's it's like more sexual harassment at Activision here, and I don't mean to be dismissive here i'm not it should be investigated i don't know i wasn't there but we have to remember and you know this is partly a cliche we are a we are we are several generations at this point into the everyone gets a trophy you know in mentality yeah 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 we're we're what's your what's your definition of a toxic working environment or what is your the boss said he didn't like your idea therefore I, I work in a toxic work environment. I don't know. Right. And, and you I said that this, out loud. I thought that as you read the story too, I'm like, what, is this like the sergeant from a full metal jacket and, and they can't handle that kind of sergeant? Well, if it was a sergeant for full metal metal jacket, he should be fired. I think, I think <laughs> it's saying like, is it that? <laughs> no, I think, I, I don't know. And I wouldn't be surprised just because of who he is, where he came from, where he worked at. This sounds like, you know, someone who worked for Ken Levine. Right. Like that kind of environment where it's like you have these people that they have this vision in their head. They think that they are the center of everything and it's about appeasing them. And unfortunately, when you're in that environment, if you have someone's really creative, yeah, it can yield some really, you know, Ken Levine's proof of this. Right. Like, you know, 
made two of the Gainer's greatest. Proof of it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Gainer made, you know, worked on Bioshock 2, turned out something great, uh, and then goes off and works on Gone Home. Again, something great. Tacoma is a solid game, too, I thought. But at the same time, the thing that happens as you go to these studios is that these people become so demanding, they just don't realize maybe some of the stresses and hardships they place on these people in the way that they're treating them where it's like it's not like someone just saying i don't think that idea is going to work it's more of like some of them can just become belittling i guess is the best way to say it. they and they don't necessarily even realize they're doing it um and well, you know the big thing i would say is like imagine being a person that works at one of these studios and you're trying to do your best here and at the same time you do something you spend weeks upon it because the boss asks you know, ask you to do it. And all of a sudden you've been told to crunch, push your way through, get it through, do 60, 70 hours. And all of a sudden he comes back and says, no, we're going to wipe all that out. And I need you to start again. And we're going to do again. You're going to have to crunch this through and imagine having to repetitively do that. That was kind of the environment Ken Levine was. And if it's anything like that, I can see like you hear a lot of people worked on that game. They'll say, in some ways, it was the best of times, but other points, it was like one of the worst points of their lives because it just breaks you down after a while. <laughs> so, yeah, I can. I mean, I I understand that perspective completely. But mm-hmm. you know, something something that a that a supervisor or you know a project manager or something like that would say to an employee um, ten Tough years ago. <laughs> well, something that would they would say ten years ago which was, this isn't good enough, start again. Mm-hmm. To many in, in the latest generation working in the workforce, they're going, that is toxic. And it's a difference of how we view things, what my perspective is versus what someone 20 years younger than me views as abusive or toxic behavior. Um, that's not to say that that I'm right and you're wrong or to say that they're right and I'm wrong. I'm just saying that a lot of these people who've been working in the industry for as long as they have, like Gainer, have a different perspective, a different philosophical view of workplace culture, what you should and shouldn't say, what is or isn't appropriate. Neither perspective is necessarily evil. You know, and it's just, I think, I think, I think a lot of putting Activision Blizzard aside and other situations like it, there is a, there's kind of a cultural struggle that happens in the workplace every, every decade, you know, once every decade about what's acceptable between the old uh, guard and the new guard. Yeah. And I think that has a, I think that could, that could have a lot to do with what's going on here. Yeah and, yeah, and you frame this well. He, could be, he can be completely in the wrong, and I could be right. I could be wrong, and he could just be a toxic jerk. That is completely possible, possible. and I yeah. want to make sure everybody understands that I acknowledge that that's possible. Yeah, and I was, I was going to say you frame that well. Everything we're saying right now is based on very limited knowledge, yeah, and only uh, hypotheses and and guessing. Uh, it has nothing to do with actual facts. If it comes out later that yeah, um, he was like a mini, I don't know name somebody bad at the workplace, then, then we're going to be like, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'll say with these kind of people, it's just, it's not something that is new or whatever. Right. Like Steve jobs is a notorious a hole to work for. 
right? Mm -hmm. And we often forget about that because he produced some of the greatest things ever. But like, you know, there are people will tell you, say like, they didn't shed a tear the day he passed away because they worked for the man. And, you know, they've had to be in those scenarios of dealing with his ego. And, you know, I guess maybe it's a little bit different if you're Steve Jobs versus you're the guy who's making Gone Home. <laughs> and maybe that's why the people here are like, I'm not trying to change the world, man. I'm just trying to make a good video game. <laughs> we can be right. civil as we do that. <laughs> I don't know. But I do know when this music comes on, Sean. Oh, yeah. I ask you, do you want to wrap it up? And I do know that normally I just say never. And John says, just to be safe. mail from the future all the way from the year 3000 uh if i'm gonna do a, a quick polling to my homies real quick but if you want to be cool like uh we're gonna start off probably with john today not john here but john's email just a john. Uh, all you gotta do if you want to send an email you can send that to weekly games chat at gmail.com uh, but boys i don't know if the one at the very top the one we received most recent we need to read uh, it's probably something we can discuss after the show and go from there. So oh. maybe there's only there's only two that we should read. And Chris and John, if you want to take them, that's fine. I'll go while you're doing that. Go check, uh, setting up for what I'm going to do over there at the Discord. We'll see if there's any emails over there. Cool. Discord. Okay. Well, John right. writes in. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Just listened to the Skyward Sword episode, and I want you all to know that I enjoyed it. I'm a huge Zelda fan, and Skyward Sword was the only Zelda game I wasn't able to play on my own time due to not owning a Wii. During high school, I, a friend let me borrow his Wii uh, and wanted everything back before I was done with the game. It wasn't until a year later that I was able to finally play the game in full. While I do have my gripes with this game, I personally think it is the best story in the series. John agrees with you, I think, on that. Uh, I'm close. Yeah, the HD remaster has improved the game tremendously. The only thing I can complain about is it's very linear compared to other titles. Anyways, aside from that, I have a funny story for you guys. As I was listening to the episode, I was sitting at my computer doing stuff for work. My nine-year-old stepson asked what I was doing. I said, working. His response was, you work for weekly games chat? <laughs> that's what's up I, I, I'm surprised to learn this too uh, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever I didn't tell him no due to the excitement on his face as far as he was concerned I work it for T-Mobile and Weekly Games Chat thank you again for all that you do and keep living the dream John I love it man this is I think your second email because the other one we learned about you getting a really good job uh, maybe in like one of the things you really wanted to do and be a, work at T-Mobile so this is great uh, my 10-year-old my often, and she's been doing this for a while, she'll come in, and she always has. Uh, I'll have Discord going through the day, and I'm hanging out with the homies while I'm working. Mm -hmm. And she she thinks that we're not working. It's hilarious because they don't know how it was a word called multitasking. 
because hmm. kids are dumb and they can only do one thing at a time. Ain't that right, Tinley? All right. <laughs> John can only do one thing at a time. Yeah. True. Hopefully uh, he can read the next email. Harrison. <laughs> Why am I reading this? I don't know. Just, just say what it is. So Harrison uh, yeah. wants us to know that... Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, those are cool, though. His 12 Funko Pops, two big ones, not a single box harmed. Let's see. Okay. Got some Overwatch, some Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Okay. I can't tell. I'm going to zoom in. That's the Goku 28th World Tournament Pop. Ooh, that's nice. That one's out of the box, though. Oh, it is? Hmm. That's just the box. Unless it's invisible. That's what he said. (laughs) Huh? I think he's there. I don't know. Who's there? What are you talking about? Oh, two big ones. Uh, has Chris is Chris having a stroke? Like what's I think happening? He's having a stroke. <laughs> like what? What is happening right he, now? No, I think so, he's in the box still. You just can't see it very well. I I zoomed in as far as I could. I don't see him. Yeah, huh. he's he's not in there. Uh but yeah, that's all the emails we're gonna read this week on weekly games chat at gmail.com. Of course, that is one option. Another option is to join our Discord. And there's an email section if you want to drop us, you know, some knowledge. Kind of like Punkhead did today. This is fantastic. I love it. It it ties right in. He was sent today um, as we started recording this show. And Punkhead says, reason, today's show slash topic, which was the ascent. Uh, I'm going to guess between an 8.75 and a 9.50. If I had to be exact, 9.25 from the Big Richards. Boy, is he going to be wrong. Uh, Bugs aside, the 12-man team did a great job world-building. Music is great. Level of detail is awesome. For a twin-stick shooter, I think they did an excellent job. Agree. I give it a 4 out of 5 on the girth scale. So we weren't too far off. If he's 4 out of 5, I mean, it's like an 8 on the Richard scale, right? So that would mean, mean like, for me. Why didn't you give it an 8 then? Give it an 8 then, Chris. You didn't. I went with a (laughs) 7.8. Yeah, you did some old school blah, blah, blah. Uh, but anyway, if anyone is looking for a platforming Metroidvania Souls-like oh, game, I Metroidvania. Yeah, Metroidvania. Uh, <laughs> Punk recommends Grime on Steam. It features one of Sean's, that's me, favorite gaming features. Stamina bar. <laughs> P.S. He says, F Alabama. And there's a picture of the poll which was released on Tuesday. And I'm sorry to say that Alabama has garnered 63 first place votes. Clemson in at number two, Oklahoma at number three, but they did get two first place votes. Roll. Roll. He ends it by saying San, San Dimas. I hope I said that right. High school football rules. So for all the San Dimas high school football fans that are also listeners of the show, what's up? How are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Okay, and, and remember, 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 if you want a link to that Discord, you got to go over to our Twitter, twitter.com backslash weekly games chat, and our pinned tweet, which we've left there forever, is an open invite to join our Discord community. Let me check out some notifications, and we're seeing a lot of stuff by Greg Miller. Uh, he didn't, he didn't mention us, but whatevs. Uh, Chapman Maddox says, uh, "Hey guys, this week's episode was one of the best this year." That was last week's Skyward Sword episode. Uh, you owe me, I think it's thirty nine ninety nine pounds, because I was not plan- planning on buying Skyward Sword. 
John cried and my money went peace out. <laughs> That's what's I'm up. I'm just going to tell John to say that now for everything he likes. And yeah, just say that, will, that will sell it for whoever we need to. We'll be like, but it was, I, I did tweet back and said it was good to hear from you. Uh, and of course, game on. Appreciate yeah. you very much, Chapman. So the next Doom game is going to make me cry. <laughs> right. You think so? Yep. Forza That's Horizon funny. 5 made John cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, he also hit us up on the DM uh, with Nintendo Life. He hit that in there and it said a Limited Runs Games is publishing. Limited Run Games is publishing SNES and Virtual Boy retrospective books. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I'm going to try to figure out how to share that to our um, our main thing, and we'll figure that out for sure. Let me go to our, our main page. Let's see if we have any new follows this week, because I think that's all we're going to do over here on Twitter. No new followers. We still got one pending. I'm not going to say that name again, because apparently you don't care that it's pending. Oh. Fine. Uh, once again, if you want to find us and get in touch with us on any of these ways, weekly games chat. Wait, do I need to tell Chris that uh, since that's it, probably starting the music? Or, or Before we start the music, I, I thought to bring up, you know who sent okay, me? Because yeah, yeah. this is video games. Uh, Brad sent me an invite to X Defiant. And I was I wanted to message him back and explain why I will never play X Defiant, but I didn't have the heart to do it. Why would you never play X Defiant? I refuse. What is X Defiant? X Defiant is the Ubisoft Battle Royale whatever thing that has like people from Division. Oh, what? Right. It's going to be like like uh, SOCOM and that other game back in the day. Yeah, I, so, ref- I refuse. Well, you said you said you explained to him why I will never. No, I thought about explaining. I did not. I think it should be clear but to people who have listened that, to the show why I would never because... Well, then they're, why? Because because of because they're doing my boy Sam Fisher wrong. Oh, okay. They won't give you. him his own game. He's terrible. He is. Yeah, he's terrible. He's an overrated hack. <laughs> <laughs> Who like sucks at stealth? <laughs> kind of like this. You show. could never handle it. <laughs> Man couldn't couldn't sneak his way after out of a cotton pillow. Because <laughs> you know, no sound. Yeah. <laughs> now so basically at this point uh, let's go ahead and, and let you re- remind you of what everything is this has been episode 320 and thank you for however you listen to this show this week we appreciate you if you do want to get in touch with the show every week all you got to do is either send an email a tweet or come to the discord um, email weeklygameschat at gmail.com twitter.com backslash weeklygameschat and our discord is right there for you to do um, unless the boys have anything else, that's it. I'm going to basically say we're good to go. Uh, wherever you do find us, make sure you leave a review. We appreciate that. And it helps new folks just like yourself find us. And that helps us so much. Like I always do at this time, I'm going to look at Chris and John. I'm going to say game on Chris, game on John. Game on Sean and game on John. Game on everybody. I like how he does that. Now's the time where I usually say my tagline. Hurried up. Just say your tagline. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Thug life.
Hey, everybody, it's Dustin from the HP Podcast. And this is Ben. We're just coming here to tell you about our show, well, the HP Podcast. The HP Podcast is a weekly video game podcast from handsomefandom.com that's also part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. And Ben, it's a little hard to describe our show because it's a little bit of everything. We get into a lot of shenanigans. We also talk about some news. We have some pretty serious topics sometimes, but sometimes uh, our friend Brandon takes a shirt off and uh, just does the show that way. So you should definitely check it out. I think he got stuck to the seat last time. It's possible. So that was that was a time. Yeah. So anyway, check out our show. We would love that. The HP podcast.